Welcome back to the fourth episode of the All Ball Podcast. George and I got a great show for you. Uh, we got the NBA wrapping up their season. Lakers win 4-2. Congratulations to them. And uh, week five officially in the books after the route from the Tennessee Titans over the Buffalo Bills on a rare Tuesday night. Um, got a great show for you, George. How are you doing before we get kicked off? Man, I'm good. No more basketball, but we still got a lot of football. No, no complaints. Let's do it. Yeah. College football starting to pick up. We saw some great matchups too. Like it's really, I mean, sucks that basketball is over, but right now we're in the heart of football season and <laughs> didn't think we'd get here. Didn't know if we'd get here, but we're here at the moment. I mean, we yeah. can look at like, maybe get, we can look ahead and just be skeptical about that or we can just live in the moment and just enjoy the fact that we have football this year no, when we didn't right. think we'd have it at all right. so i don't need to speculate about stuff that i don't really know about exactly um, so yeah you know it's been nice now nah, we're it's all good over here okay so we'll start it off with the nba uh lakers win 4-2 george what do you think this finals will will be remembered as well you know, I don't think I don't think the bubble for me, the bubble isn't like a it's neither a positive, like, you know, it's neither noticeably positive or negative asterisk. To me, it just kind of like is a title, you know. Um like it did feel different, like the post-game ceremony felt kind of weird, but then as a whole, you know, it was basketball at the end of the day. Um what do I think it'll be remembered as? I, I don't think it goes down as like a legendary finals or anything, because it's not, you know. Um so I kind of think it kind of reminded me of um, the LeBron's first title, the Heat lockout one, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a shortened season. And I yeah, it kind of goes to show that LeBron is like the master of like um, can adapt. And if you just kind of, you know, just further proof that like if you have LeBron and the rest can kind of like figure itself out. Um, so I think it will just be remembered for – Man, dominant tandem of LeBron and AD, a little bit of Rondo, and against a super respectable Heat team, fun Heat team that wasn't as good. Yeah, no, respect for the Heat for clawing back. I didn't think they'd win uh, game five. Uh, that was an unbelievable basketball game that they had. I was just at the edge of my seat just looking at Jim, watching Jimmy and LeBron just go back and forth, back and forth, just seeing who's going to land the final blow, and Jimmy ended up doing it. Yeah. Like, hats off to him but yeah I and I also agree that I don't look at this title as more than a regular title or less than a regular title I don't look at it as like that LeBron uh one where he came down 3-1 like I count that as a little bit more than a title there was more so to that because of the fact that they came back uh and the adversity that they faced as a team um this one just felt like a regular title and hats off to them uh the one thing I will say is that for me, the remembering is the fact that, like, it's insane when I watched game five, especially the uh, the fact that LeBron was able to turn, kind of flip a switch for his attacking instinct. Like, you saw for, like, really the whole fourth quarter, he was in attack mode, getting to the basket and all that. And then the final possession comes up, and he's in attack mode, but then he switches and is able to pass out of that. I, I just think it's the idea that, like, yeah, he's older. Well, remember, this is LeBron getting older, but he's still there. Like, he's still dominant. He still is at the top of the NBA when it comes to just 
how impactful he is. I mean, it's just his, his the the ability for him on the fly to just think like, okay, here, here, looking to the top of the key and finds Danny Green, even though he's hot, he's the one that's been carrying them the whole time. I think was just super impressive. I, I don't know if anybody else can do that where they just f- are in attack mode and then can just in the blink of a in the flip of or a blink of an eye can just turn into the passer that he normally is. Um, I mean, uh, I don't, so, so what are you saying? You're, you're so like, you're, you're saying that it's like so amazing that LeBron didn't take the last shot. I, I think it's amazing that he's able to put them in the position to win. I mean, I, I, a little bit of what you're saying, but it's more so the idea that he's put to, put himself in the mentality to just constantly attack on the offensive end because they were, they were really saying, we're not letting AD beat us that game. AD, I think, took about nine shots that game. And LeBron really carried them on, on the offensive end. And when it came down to it on the final possession, he still made the right play, even though he's in attack mode the whole fourth quarter. And it's hard to get out of, I, I, like, we've seen, we don't really see many people do that where they're in attack mode in for that extended period of time. And then they just switch like he normally does. He goes back to what you know LeBron will do in the, when, it come, when push comes to shove, he will make the right play. Yeah, um, man, I don't know. Uh, you're not like LeBron's great, man, but I, I'm actually not going to praise him too much for like, oh man, he decided to pass to Danny Green because in my eyes, like, um, you know, it was the right pass once he got triple teamed. But for me, that play didn't really make sense. You know, the Lakers had the ball with like 40 seconds left and a full shot clock down one, and rather than run the two for one they LeBron posted on the baseline for 15 seconds and then waited for the double to come with six seconds left and passed out. Now I don't like that play at all. So, you know, I'm not going to give him a lot of credit there. And I mean, um, wait, are you talking about the last, are you talking about the last play or the play before the last, like you you said the two for one, are you talking about the 42nd play? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Danny green play that you're talking about. Yeah. That was on the drive. That wasn't in the post. He was, he, he held it. He held it at half court and then he took it off the dribble and he was going in. Nah, let me let me watch. Let me let me watch it. Let me watch a clip. Real I mean, quick. for me, it's just yeah. I, I thought he had it at the top at the near half court, the right I side. Hold up, hold up. I can't. I can't comment. Let me watch. Let's see. He takes it. He's in the post. There's like a minute left. Okay, so this isn't Danny Green. Chill, 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 chill. I'm watching the video. Yo, let me finish. Nah, it's just it's just a longer highlight video than I thought it was. <laughs> All right, hold up. Okay, LeBron's taking it up. 40 seconds left. Takes the screen off Caruso. Gets the switch onto Duncan. He's on the post against Jimmy on the block here. Nine, eight, seven, six. He's alone. Five, four, three. Finally passes it out to KCP. Oh, and this is the one that AD got the put back in. This possession was bad. This was okay. a bailout. Okay, and no, then I get let me let me go to the let me go to the Danny Green one as well. That I'm sorry, but that's a bad possession right there. And let's see this one. All right, now LeBron ISO. Yeah, that one was tough. I don't know. 
It just uh, he tried to get the switch on a Duncan Robinson, if I remember it correctly, and don't they they rejected it. They recovered back, and it was really just everybody converging on him. Yeah, it, it wasn't even like it wasn't even a recovery as much as they both came down, like mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson and they both yeah. came down. And then yeah, he fires a not that accurate pass no. at a difficult angle. I mean that's where it's like yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just having look, I'm having a hard time. I, I get I get if pro LeBron people want to say, oh, you can't kill him because he made the right play, whatever, you're saying, wow, it's so amazing that he made the right play that didn't work. I don't know. I don't know, man. And he's well, just- here's the thing with that set, that play that you were talking about with KCP, it's like the way that their offense runs, it's really, it was really just through him. So he's got to decipher what the defense is going. So it's like he hangs out in the post, but it's not like he's just sitting there just waiting and waiting. Is that, he's is that unique to star players? Is that what? unique to LeBron? I mean, it's just the way that their offenses run where it's like there's not really sets. It's like give LeBron the ball, set him a screen, and see what they can do. Same thing with AD, ADs either. Like when Rondo's the point and ADs the big and they run that pick and roll game, it's like get AD on the pick and roll and see what you do from there. It's not like the Heat where they have sets and it's and you try and – and it's like fluid like that. It's kind of like – it's kind of choppy. But you take it because more so than – more times than not, like significantly more times than not, LeBron will make the right play. I'm not saying that was the right play against KCP. I'm just saying that the the spot that he was in where you're saying he was just sitting in the post, it's just like that, like when all the eyes are on him, he's trying to dissect the play uh, against the Heat. Okay, so we're looking ahead to 2021. Do you think the Lakers, who are the favorite right now, I think at plus 350 to win the 2021 NBA title, do you think they're the best? Do you think they're the best bet? Or do you think they will repeat? Um. Man, I think I think it's probably like you know it's not the worst bet ever. The value is not um, great, and I think the league is pretty deep. So, um, man, I think there's like a couple good long shots you could find. I think the Warriors are definitely value, especially like before they um, you know like do whatever they do to like change up their roster because you kind of have to think they won't be the same in the playoffs. And I think the Nets are value too. Um. Like I'm looking at, I was basing that off DraftKings. Uh, the the two teams you brought up, the Warriors are plus six hundred. They're the fourth best odds, and the Nets are plus nine hundred, the fifth best odds. The Warriors are plus six hundred now. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I what, what were you thinking? They were. They were like twelve to one. Like a couple oh, days really? Okay. I mean that's DraftKings. It, it it could be just a different book that you're looking at. Um. Yeah, I I don't love the value here. I don't love the value of plus three fifty uh really like to, like it's a long season ad is a guy that doesn't stay healthy really that often that like he did a great job this season where he was healthy and but we saw at the by the end he was banged up he was on the floor his ankle i'm sure is not 100 percent uh shoulder i'm sure um it, it's a lot to put on some and yeah like you said it's a very deep competition next year i mean we've got about like i gotta say eight to nine teams I think that can realistically win, like have a good chance of winning it and I don't know if the plus 350 is really worth kind of putting on to that for that full for that such a long stretch and we and the Lakers have a lot of turnover on that roster I know it's not like LeBron and AD are staying there and that's really all that needs to that all that matters but when it becomes push comes to shove when it comes to going against these other top teams like the Danny Greens the KCPs like those guys matter and we saw that. No, definitely. That's definitely true. Um, who like 
Do you want me to read out some odds? Because uh, I'm curious who you think the biggest surprise is of just hearing like these names. Yeah, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so Lakers plus 350, Clippers plus 400, Bucks like plus it. 500. Don't like it. Warriors plus 600. I, Nets, I just don't like it when it was twice the value. <laughs> yeah. Nets plus 900. Heat. I, I like I like the Nets thing. I, I'm like I'm like pretty positive that Durant's gonna be like ninety percent or like ninety five. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm part of the skeptics of that. Yeah, uh, we shall see. Definitely yeah. shall see. Uh, Heat plus nine hundred. No. Celtics plus twelve hundred. Maybe. Raptors plus sixteen hundred. Hard no. Nuggets plus two thousand. Maybe. And then Mavericks plus twenty two hundred. Potentially. Let me let me hear one more. T- let me hear two more teams. I want to hear the Sixers. Okay. okay. Rockets plus twenty two hundred. No way. And the Sixers plus three thousand. And can I get the Jazz? Their net plus four thousand. The Sixers. The, I actually think the Sixers are kind of interesting um, to take at that value. I agree because they can make a move. They like. I, I don't agree with like the state, like the rumor going around that they would trade Ben for the number one pick and take Lamelo because that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, no, I know I, him I and Embiid. Don't... Never even, I never even heard that. Oh yeah, there was like something going around like Twitter. I think it was um, uh, this guy Rashad Phillips. Um, and I just yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, there'd be more need to be more sent towards Philly because <laughs> giving up. Uh, what you know that Ben Simmons is for the project, uh, not the project, but like the prospect of what LaMelo could be. And it's not even like LaMelo is a great shooter. He shoots a lot, but he's just not great. Uh, And I've, I've read that his shooting mechanics are just really bad. And I don't know if you really want to take the chance on trading away Ben Simmons, who's an all NBA defender and somebody that can, you can really build around. I am a very a very big believer in that Ben Simmons can be the best player on a championship team. If he, if it is constructed correctly. If, if honestly, if you somewhere in the playoffs, when I was watching Embiid tire out after a half and get swept by the Celtics, I thought, wow, if I would trade one, I would trade Embiid because I would rather build around Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it, you just know with Simmons play style, like, you play him at like the one on offense and the four on defense, and then you get him a lob guy, and then guys that can shoot threes for him to pass to when he like drives and kicks. And like that team, I guarantee would make the playoffs without without Embiid if they were just like shooters and like one athletic center. Um, I mean, if, yeah, if you get rid of Embiid, you can play Al at the center. I know he's not better than like obviously not better than Embiid in his contract. Still, yeah, but like, the Simmons and Al Simmons at the four, Al at the five, like that's kind of yeah. three shooters. That's a that's a fun team right there. Like Josh I, Richardson, you put uh, Tobias, and then I don't know, maybe you draft somebody. Maybe Thibel becomes a three and D guy. Like yeah, that's just shaking and like gets better or whatever. Exactly. Like I think that's such a fun team, and I think Ben Simmons really gets unlocked there. As opposed to, I buy, I as, buy. Opposed to, as opposed to Embiid gets unlocked if you trade Simmons and bring in Lamelo Ball. One more thing. One more thing. And I agree. I don't think that's happening. Um, what? But one more thing on um, on just like the Sixers being better value than the Raptors is just like, do you know, I just hate the Raptors? I think the Raptors like I don't like Pat. I don't like Siakam. I think the the key players who were like thirty two when the Raptors won the title. 
are now like 34, you know, like yeah. like Serge, Marcus yeah. and yeah. and Lowry. Mm-hmm. Lowry's old, Lowry's old, dude. Yeah. Um, you don't think it because like he just he didn't really do much he, in his career so it just feels like he's been good for like six six years and he should be like 26 as opposed to 30 whatever 30 yep 34 yeah like no it's yeah. great I, mean, I i do agree with that i'd rather take the chance on the sixers getting it right with a the sixers have Raptors. the talent i guess that's really the point the sixers are way more talented than the raptors my mm. So how are they twice the odds? That's really the point. Yeah. Um, when I look at it, I honestly don't like the Nets at plus 900. I, I would much rather take uh, a few other teams. I think I'm against the idea that KD will be 90%. I think 80% is a better bet. I know it's only 10%, but it's a big drop-off when, you're, when you're thinking about it. And because that's what you're really basing your bet around. Um, oh, well, 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 it's like, Dude. Okay, well, uh, like, let's say they play the Lakers in the finals. And, like, mm-hmm. let's say we can cancel out the role players. And then it's it's kind of like LeBron versus KD head-to-head because, like, dude, AD, AD is really good. But, dude, I, I don't know. There's, like, so, like, okay, let me put it like this. When AD's at his best is when he's like making those blocks. Like like on that run when he was making those blocks, he was like swatting Kendrick's nun shot mm-hmm. in the game five. Here's my thing. In a final series, are we sure that Anthony Davis is way more valuable than Kyrie? Um, or the, would they kind of just cancel out in terms of like value? I, I would put it more so on like in, in that particular matchup. I think AD is such a matchup problem. Not that Le, not that Kyrie's not a matchup problem against. Well, no, but the they would have. But, but before you say that, they would have Jarrett and DJ. Yeah. Okay. Well, DeAndre Jordan, I don't think stays with him at all. And I, I think Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen's too like not that AD's this big guy, but Jared Allen's just not big enough. And I think AD can kind of move his weight around better than Jared Allen can. I actually think Jared Allen is potentially big enough. You know, not to like shut him down. Oh all. yeah, no. He well, he's got the height and he's got the wingspan to do he's so. He's kind of similar build, and he's gotten a little bigger. I think he could do okay. And and honestly. Unless Rondo or Avery Bradley is on Kyrie, then who's on Kyrie? Caruso, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, nah, maybe. Uh, it's like, it's like Della Vadova. Uh, <laughs> Curry. Um, but like, but even besides the K, the KD thing, like he hasn't played with any of these guys. They still have to work, figure out about working around no, each other. And then Nash as the first time head coach, like, I know, yeah, I know yeah. it's not like, I know it's easy to just be like, okay, we got two plays. Kyrie's either set, like KD setting a screen for Kyrie or Kyrie setting a screen for KD. I mean, that's easy and all, but like when I push comes to shove, like when you're playing these top teams, they got guys to guard both of them. No, no. And I mean, there's also like, there's, there's also somewhat of like a, Okay, like with Nash, look, like one, like Steve Kerr made the finals as the first year head coach, but that was like a one in a million thing and the team had already been together. And then mm-hmm. it's also like, yeah, like LeBron with his first year with AD has made the finals, but he, he didn't do it in Cleveland. He didn't do it in Miami. Or sorry, he didn't win his first year in Miami, but he did make finals. Um, well, and Cleveland. He made it both times, but didn't win. Um, mm-hmm. This time, I, th- that's what I'm trying to say is that this time with AD is the first time, you know, it's not his first year with the Lakers, but um, 
it's kind of like his first it's his first go with ad and they won the yeah team. and there wasn't like most of the roster wasn't on the roster last year yeah dude i mean this is see like i was in this conversation with somebody about this concept of like do new teams win the title like um like and to kind of give like a little background of like what i'm saying is like um the lakers this year in my opinion new team the raptors last year in my opinion not a new team um, because they just switched to Rosen for Kawhi. Um, exactly. And you can kind of fit, and it's the same thing with like KD with the Warriors. No, KD Warriors the same. 15, 15 Warriors are not a new team because they had been together. 14 mm-hmm. Spurs, Heat, and the Mavericks in 11, not in, you know, new teams. The last team, oh, eight Celtics. Probably. Yeah. That was their first year and they won the title. That's the mm-hmm. last. And, the, and then um, this year. And they almost didn't. They almost lost. They almost lost to the Hawks because I, I was just listening to somebody talk. In seven and seven. Yeah. They almost lost to the Hawks in the first round. Then they almost lost to the Cavs with like just LeBron. Like yeah. they went to seven and yeah. they were down three, two. I mean, it was just, you, you don't really see this. And that's where it becomes hard for me to see this team, like, or me being able to, me, feeling good about putting my money down. I would rather take the heat at the same odds and take and roll the dice on what Pat Riley is going to do in the off season and try and figure out a way to mitigate the loss of maybe Goran Dragic Cause I think his contracts up or just try and figure out a way to uh, yeah, just run it back again at a better, like better. Or I'd rather take the Celtics at plus 1200 because I think Tatum and Brown can still take that another leap. They still have Kemba. They have Gordon Hayward. They could trade Gordon Hayward. And bring in somebody because Gordon Hayward's contract, I think, has one one or two more years left on it. So and attach a pick with it, whatever. I, I you think know what my, you know what my counter to that is, and I totally understand. Look, mm-hmm. here's what I would say: the Heat and the Celtics are all but guaranteed to be very good. But the Nets have dude, the Nets have the high ceiling. The Nets are the ones who could beat a team out of the West. Um, the Nets like the Heat or the Celtics might even have a higher percent chance to make the finals than the Nets, but the Nets have the best chance to win because they have they, the ceiling. Do you have, do they have the juice? They have the players, you know, you need like the heat and the, the heat. Like, I don't know. I don't like as great as Jimmy Butler was. And, we'll, and I want to talk about him in general in, in a minute, but um, man, I don't know. Durant is clearly the best player out of all those teams. Like Durant is just by far the best player in the East right now. That, that's you. where, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say yeah, that. Because yeah, Giannis, Giannis, I'm not going to, I'm not discounting Giannis. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like KD's, like beforehand, I could say that. If KD comes back and he's out, definitely like what we healthy saw. KD, healthy KD is way better than Giannis right now. I, I think if, yeah, without seeing him, without seeing what he is after the post Achilles. I don't know, I said healthy. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I thought you meant like healthy, like coming into the season, he's going to be healthy, but like, you don't know really like, yeah. Um, it just, <laughs> it's, I just, I, yeah, I, I can't back a team where it's just too much of a question mark between behind the, both the two stars that I'm really putting my money into. Do you know if Kyrie is like going to be good, like with them, like he's going to be good individually, but is he going to be good for the team? We haven't really seen that. Like the Celt, like the last time he was good in the play, like where a team really, relied on him in the playoffs was like the was the heat oh no not the, the Cavs there there are two guys that won rings with an, Kyrie with an established player and KD with an established culture and now they're both kind of in this 
No, I want to prove I can be the guy who brings the culture, establishes the culture. Man, neither of them strike me as amazing leaders. Here's like that's the thing, dude. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm kind of down for its crash and burn, but I also <laughs> I mean we're I, Knicks fans. I, and, that, and that's what makes it so tough. But 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 at the same time, like um man, I just like I like both of those guys so much, like on the court, um, mm-hmm. that it's just like that's the thing. If it does go well. I don't want to just be like the salty Knicks fan on the side. I kind of want to be there. So, you know, that like that, that's part of the reason I like them too. No, I agree with that. And in a vacuum, like I, I guess more Kyrie for me than KD. In a, a vacuum, Kyrie is so fun to watch, but it's just such a headache with him. Like KD, I feel like I have nothing to worry about with that type of stuff where it's like, like Kyrie can be outspoken as he wants. I'm never against like players speaking out on different things. KD, KD, I don't want to say he like won the battle with the public, but he's kind of like found himself in a position now where everyone is like, oh, like I guess you just like tweet from burners and like you like tweet out random people, like it is what it is. And everyone's like, he kind of explained his side, like why he does it. And everyone was like, okay, fine, like whatever. And like, you know, he's kind of like, there's a bit of like KD redemption arc going on, you know? A little bit. I, I just, oh, yeah. Oh, it, it'd be so much, be so much better if he just, like, it's not, if only he just didn't tear his Achilles. I guess you're said than done. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's at a good place, like, where it's like he's at a place he wants to be. I don't know if he'd be on the Nets if, if he didn't tear his Achilles, but that's, you know, I mean, we'll never know. I, um, I think he would be. But, all right, let me get off my last basketball take. Okay. What's the, is it Jimmy Butler? Yeah, Jimmy Butler, Hall of Famer. I, I'd really have to dive into that, but off rip, like I don't. He, here, it's so borderline. It's let, so let me, borderline. Let me tell you the case. You okay. ready? Yeah. He's been on good teams his whole career. You know, he comes in with the D Rose Bulls, and then gets to Minnesota, takes them to the playoffs for the first time in a while. You know, once he hits his prime, he's a pretty consistent 20 points, five rebounds, five assists guy, you know, give or like, he's like on the tail end of that, maybe even below it, like on some of the thresholds, but you know, that area, Mm -hmm. good percentages, good defense. Um, Now he, then he goes to Philly and and he was the best player there, honestly, in my opinion, in that playoff run. And now he has the Miami thing. And um, so Man, he's been on good teams his entire career. He has this legendary run to bring this team to the finals. And um, and I just – I don't see how – like, here's my thing. Because we know the Basketball Hall of Fame isn't that hard to get into. You know, like, with all due respect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like schmucks get in, but it's like yeah. – yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, but like let, let me put it to you like this. Even though – the counting stats in the regular season aren't as good. How is this not more impressive than anything Vince Carter or Tracy McGrady ever did, even if they had higher regular season stats? That's true. No, that that's true. I mean, Vince Carter's I think only went to one finals, like in him like himself, and they got swept. And it wasn't like he was the de facto one there. Yeah, he and went he went with the J Kid Nets, right? Yeah, yeah, in two thousand two thousand one, or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went 2001, I think. And and then, like, I'm looking at T-Mac stats now because when I say that, like, even when I say that, I'm like, man, that's a little disrespectful to T-Mac because, you know, mm-hmm. he's been up like 35 and 5. But it's just like, dude, like, Jimmy's that guy. I don't know. Like, um, 
when it comes to re- when it comes to respect, I think like he's definitely earned it. I definitely think he's vaulted himself into that conversation. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint it, but I also don't think it's ridiculous to think that he is a Hall of Famer at this point. It's yeah, and it's not necessarily one of those. If he retired today, I'd be like, okay, but now we got to vote him in. But it's like a I am going to assume. I'm not even going to assume he's ever going to make the finals again. But uh, you know, a couple second round maybe conference finals appearance in the next like four years and he's good on Miami. And then he kind of tails off. Yeah. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. So I think, I think the the trajectory of him going from Minnesota to Philly to Miami honestly helps his case in that aspect because it just feels like a misunderstood, like a guy that could be a star that was misunderstood in like really his prime years. Dude, the whole, dude, the whole whole saga isn't like, because, because now it's like now with now, now we have the full story of the Jimmy Butler practice through Jimmy Butler gets with guys like him and makes the finals. Exactly. And so now you have this whole saga, and that's amazing. That's like basketball war right there. Like this guy was like, screw you guys, wins with the third stringers, forces his way out, takes the team one bounce away from the conference finals, and then goes to the Heat, and then – takes a bunch of guys you never heard of to the NBA finals. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And I heard a lot about this, like when they were, when during the hiatus in between uh, the, like the delay of the season to, um, to the bubble starting, people were talking about narrative and all this type of stuff. When it became the MVP conversation between LeBron and Giannis. And I don't know, like, I'm curious what the narrative aspect of it is for like the hall of fame discussion. I think because it's a, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit different, um, and I think that the the, the five year thing kind of helps with that because you kind of. Um, you're saying the five year like buffer between retiring and like being eligible. Yeah, because it kind of takes away from that recency. You know, it's like um, it's like when Roy Holiday uh, died in the plane, mm-hmm. and I'm a Phillies fan. I love Roy Holiday. Like you know, he passes in the plane, and then immediately gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And didn't this happen? Like, he got into, like immediately inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was, like, sooner than he was out. I think that next year. But, like, yo, you want to talk facts? He might not have even gotten in in his first year eligible. That's facts because, that, like, because that's how difficult it is to get in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he, he dies and gets him right away. And where I am linking this all the way back to is that um, – is that because you have to wait to five years, the narrative kind of um, subsides a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think his whole story is very fascinating about the fact that he was just not recruited that he was like homeless, wasn't recruited that heavily was like the 30th pick in the first round, which is still very like, you're still a first round pick, but it's nothing yeah. to like, you don't like go out you don't get picked 30th to become this. And then you just kind of crack like, like scratches and claws his way to where he's at right now. And it's honestly really respect, respectable. Um, and yeah, props to him. The guy really showed out this, the whole finals, the whole bubble, really the whole season. I mean, it just was a kind like we talked about it last week and you brought it up as a great point when we were talking about like real bubble winners. And it's like, yeah, Jimmy was a winner in the bubble, but it was really a whole trajectory going upwards yeah. the entire season. Like, isn't that... What were we saying? What What did I say last week? It was something about like Jimmy did it all. Jimmy like had to come up all year, but Dame had to come up in the bubble. Dame, Dame is now like Dame a and like Jamal. We were talking about Dame, Jamal Murray, oh, Jamal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who's the other one? 
MPJ, if 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 we didn't already say it, or Booker. I think it was Booker. Oh yeah. Well, oh no, we said like the Suns in general are now like respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dame, man, Dame really just got like the Dame was like the underground legend. And now he's like, yeah, good for him. Now he's an out. Well, now he's at the forefront. He's like a little bit below Curry, honestly, when he becomes point guard rankings for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah. It, you um, know, it's it's a little tough because it's like, oh, well, is Harden a point guard? Is LeBron a point guard? But like for all te- for like you know your normal guards, like, it's like the guys that are going like when you talk about all NBA teams, the guys that register as guards, like LeBron registers as a forward. And I dude, by the way, did you see that thing that it was like Chris Middleton had more votes than two guys who made third team, but he didn't make it because his were split between guard votes and forward votes or something like that. I did not see that. That that's absolutely. That that just makes zero absolutely zero sense because he's yeah. a small forward. Giannis is the power forward. Like they're no, both no, forward. He might, dude, he might be a two. He might be a two. He's a super tall. I, I, no, I agree. I agree. But I'm just telling <laughs> you. I'm just telling you, he might be a two. Um, I, I'm trying to remember, like their starting lineups like Bledsoe. D, like does Divincenzo start or is it Wesley Matthews or whatever? And then yeah, Milton, uh, and then it's Chris. I know. I agree. I do agree with you, but I'm just telling you what happened. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's crazy that like there's split on that. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you would think that when you vote for the poll, you would think like the league would yeah. almost designate it and be like, here, do you want to vote for Chris Middleton? He's listed as a guard. Exactly. Or, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, so yeah. I, last night I was like, or two nights ago, I got like a little blurb on my Apple watch. It was an alert from Woj and it was a picture of Nick nurse. And I don't know like what the, like how much this says about Woj, but like, it was like my innate reaction is like, what the hell happened to Nick nurse? And it ended up just being like a podcast they were recording, but it's just like, it's crazy. Like in that, mo- in that, that second, just to realize how much power Woj and like shams have. Dude, what do, what do they call that? Um, what do they call it? Like, like, pavlovian like Pav- pavlov's dogs yeah, yeah. Uh, um so it's like you know you like you hear the bell and you know food's coming it's like you yeah see, yeah you see like the at the at like adrian wadranowski or whatever and you're like yeah you, you start to like start to sweat a little bit you start oh, yeah because i got like i i have Woj, i have shams i have schefter all like uh their tweets, like their tweets become come to my phone like it's yeah, like i, I, get I don't care. do any of those i really should dude um dude dude Honestly, I'm about to transition. Speaking of the notification stuff, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one to transition us by the NFL by saying that Le'Veon got released, which, um, yeah, dude, I mean, it, it's like it's funny for him to see like how it happened from the Steelers, but then that was my first thought, but then I come to find out that he made $30 million in 18 games, and then I'm like, Absolutely crazy. And then I'm like, well, you know, honestly, good for you, man. Like, you know, that's kind of what the guaranteed money is all about. Um, like that actually kind of makes him sound like a winner to me. I don't care. I don't care about everybody else. That's <laughs> really good. And, and he, does, he doesn't look like the bad guy at all. Nobody is talking about him as the bad guy. Everybody's talking, blaming it at Gase, and like rightfully yeah. so. I mean, yeah. Le'Veon did nothing wrong. He wanted more work to help out this offense. And Gase, it's it's absolutely crazy how much he, how like stringent he is to sticking to what he wants to do. Like when it becomes like how he runs his formations, how he run, like how he calls his plays. There's no adapting to it any at any point. The guy, like, I listen, I don't, do you know who Warren Sharp is or do you listen to him? It sounds super familiar. Yeah, he's an analytics guy that does work for football teams and then his own individual work. And it's crazy. He points out how often 
uh, Adam Gaze runs out of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. And it's, and his play calling is just so predictable. Every time he runs the ball, almost every first down. And it's like, what running back is being, is going to be successful there. Um, <laughs> when I saw, when I saw he was getting cut, I honestly thought about it because people were talking about like how he was, fin- he finessed them. And I mean, maybe he did. I, I, I think he like nothing against it. It's funny. Cause I was talking like, Put into context, like Ninja got like thirty million dollars from Mixer for uh, like three months of streaming, and it's just yeah. like that. Those are the two I was just like, because they both like had around the same amount of money. Dude, I mean, the, you know, f- finesse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What does that mean? You know, what was he not what they hoped for? Yeah, but do I think that he like? Like, dude, I, I think he showed up and put in the work and wanted to be good. So, in that sense, he I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, you know? I, I, and I don't think there's any animosity from his teammates either. I mean, we saw with, like, in the going back to, like, kind of bridging it to the NBA, Andre Godala with the Memphis Grizzlies was not, like, didn't want to be there. He was traded there, and he did not want to play there. He's yeah, like, that, yeah. that that actually wasn't shot. I didn't like – well, you know, I liked the, um like, back and forth between, like – Him way, and like, Dylan 40- Brooks. Yeah, yeah, like Dylan Brooks and Morant, and like the yeah. Warriors guys came in, and I liked that whole thing. I didn't love the Iguodala. I didn't love how it went down. No, yeah. no, that's where it's like Le'Veon did everything right, and it really sucks because then it becomes uh, this talking point when other running backs are up to get paid, and it's like, well, look what happened with Le'Veon Bell, and it's like, no, because you have to look at it in, like you have to look at it like deeper into the case where it's like. Adam Gase was the head coach and we've seen what other players have done when they got away from him. And the fact that like a running back, like I didn't love the signing to begin with because I thought Le'Veon was at the peak because he was, he worked so well with that Steelers elite offensive line. And he's going to the jets with literally zero offensive line. And the guy's not like an explosive runner. He's a patient runner. And it's not like he's getting these 50 yard plays where it's like, Oh, the offensive line finally opened up a hole. I'm taking this the whole, all the way to the house. It's like, no, he's like a methodical guy that will get 10 to 20 yards on a carry, but he's not going to break it for like 50. Yep. And that's where it's like the marriage really just didn't seem to work at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that team's a freaking disaster. Dude, now I know that they're just going to end up with Trevor Lawrence and I'm just going to be miserable. Well, okay. Well, Jets quarterbacks. Do you see any sort of trade? Do you see Darnold getting traded? Do you He's still like get traded to the, to the Steelers? I, I'd have to think Steelers, 49ers, Colts are the three teams that yep. pop into my head. 100%. I like all three of those. Yeah. And I, and I'm a huge Darnold guy and it really sucks how like hit, like what he's gotten there. Um, I don't put it on Joe. Do- I put it on Mike McCagnan, the old GM. Joe yep. Douglas is really just trying to break it down and I won't, I won't knock them for taking Trevor Lawrence. I, I wish the giants sucked as much as the jets do. I mean, they're both defeated, but the giants just don't suck as much as the jets. And it just really is going to suck having Trevor Lawrence there. Yeah. For, for, for fans of all teams. Well, it'll be like, it'll be one of those things where it's like, you know, it's funny. You always want, the hot shot prospects to like, you know, you never want them to go to like the Patriots or you never want them to go to like your division rival. 
you don't want them to go to the Jets either, you know? Because, like, that's where talent goes to die. <laughs> that's facts. <laughs> that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one of the other bigger things that happened was, like, we saw the Monday – Jeez, it's so hard with like the Tuesday night game. I know, I know. Up. Uh, this was it Sunday night or Monday night, the Seattle game? That was Sunday. Sunday? Okay. Seattle, Minnesota. You're down, Minnesota up five. They have the ball, fourth and one. What, like, you saw this happen. What What do you think of Zimmer's call to go for it on fourth and inches uh, in, on their own, like on the Seattle six instead of kicking the field goal? This is one of those like hindsight and I don't know, like, do you want to go up against, like, does it matter who you're playing? Like the math and this and that, man, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say no to being up eight though. Like that, but at the same time, it's fourth and inches. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think either is a terrible decision. It just sucks when it doesn't work out, really. Like, I, I'm actually not sure. I I can respect that. I'm I'm of the belief that it's like, if you can't get that those inches, you don't deserve to win. That's how I look at it. If your team cannot get that one inch to get the first down, you do not deserve to win. I, I think that, especially a run-heavy team like the Vikings, and it does matter who the quarterback is, and that's where it's like, in this particular instance, I'd be more inclined to go for it because of the fact that I know ru- what Russell can do. But it, it showed it showed it's such a vote of zero faith in your defense because five and eight are so different. Mm-hmm. Five is they score a touchdown, it's over. Eight is they have to score and get the two just to tie us. Yeah. So but, if, but then here's the thing: you then have to kick off to them, hope that you keep them in the 25 or or behind. And what if they get a good return? Or but instead you you really just have them at their own six. They have to go nine. That's facts. That's facts. Two minutes, and that it's just really hard for me to get behind the fact. That, and they were running the ball like pretty successfully on them. I can't like 100 speak to that. Like I know they were running the ball pretty successfully. I can't speak to how much, but this is a run heavy offense. That's what Zimmer and Kubiak are trying to do there. Um, I, I'm curious how hurt Dalvin Cook was, the fact that he wasn't out there on the last play, and that does impact the decision. But my philosophy is I'm not 100% analytic, but when it becomes fourth and one, fourth and inches, if you cannot get that one yard, that one inch, like you do not deserve to win. That is my belief. Like they should, they could have at least QB snuck it. I mean, Kirk Cousins is 6'4". Like, he could, he should be able to lunge over, get the first down, and the game's over. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I don't know if it's a vote against the defense because I think because Zimmer is a defensive head coach, and maybe you're just talking about just um, in general and not in that particular instance. But that secondary is not great, and they were really reeling throughout that whole second half. I mean, they, they were up 13 nothing, and the game became 20 21 to 26 I think yeah 21 26 and they could have gone up five like it it was like they were they they were really on their heels the whole second the the second half and I don't know if I really like I Russ is one of those guys where it's like I don't feel confident giving him the ball at all even if it's eight and then you're going to OT and it's like do you really feel confident like with Kirk Cousins against Russ and OT yeah that's fair no that is fair um we got a, a few teams 
Uh, I'm curious what you think about them, whether or not they are legit or just frauds at this point through five weeks of the season, a little bit over the quarter mark. Um, first up, we got the Raiders. They're three and two. Um, do you want me to li- do you want me to read out their like wins and stuff? Or here's what I, here's now nah, here's what I want to know. What is legit? Let's say because let's I say playoff, I think pl- to get into the playoffs. Division or wild card to get into the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, fine. You you you. You oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I was just saying okay to the criteria. Yeah, okay. Do I think the Raiders can get into the playoffs? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know that like they, they seem to have weapons. You know, Jacobs looks good. Um, I actually kind of liked what I saw from Richard, the um the like as kind of like the yeah, back third down back. Yeah, like the fast running back for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um and uh man, like Nelson Aguilar is somehow good. And Renfro looks good, and Darren Waller is amazing, and and rugs, yeah, yeah, good call. And I mean, Brian Edwards is good, and although their defense is kind of a disaster, they are able to score more points than you, and that is how you win games. So you know, yeah, um, I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I definitely think that they can make the playoffs, um, especially with the expanded, uh, yeah, playoffs. exactly. Don't see them winning division. Obviously, I think the Chiefs will win. Um, I, I just for this, I, I went through the wins and losses for the teams that we're going to go through. And when I looked at the wins that they have, they're very impressive. Like they like Panthers, they beat by four, not super impressive. But then the Saints by ten, the Chiefs by eight, and then their two losses are against the Patriots by sixteen. After they had that emotional win, I you can see that like that was a kind of a setup game for them to have a letdown against the Patriots the following week. Uh, after they had beaten the Saints in the first game in the new Raider Stadium, uh, and then the Bills by seven, which is like, which was a game that was that was close. Um, yeah, I, yeah, they have an offense that's the seventh best in the NFL. They're averaging thirty points a game, and like you said, their weapons are great. I just yeah, and I also agree that the defense is what's going to hold them back, and that might be why they get in but don't don't advance. They probably won't win a playoff game. But it's encouraging to see that Derek Carr is actually like he's playing very well. He's completing over 70% of his passes, eight touchdowns, zero picks. Um, and he's throwing the deep ball. Like he had a bunch of deep completions last week against the Chiefs, and that's what you need to do. You need to go back and forth with them, and you can't do these with these 10 play drives consistently. You need to hit these home run plays. Yeah. And they and he was able to deliver for them in a very, very big win. Okay, next up, uh, we got the Browns. They're 4-1, have some big wins, and then one really bad loss. What do you think about them? Um, I Actually, I think they're really legit. Um, and, like, when I say really legit, I mean, like, yeah, like, for sure, can make the playoffs, not, like, Super Bowl or anything. But, um, man, that first week, yeah, they got waxed by the Ravens, who, like, are notorious for waxing teams. Um, and... Man, I, I just think they look good. Every time I watch them, they seem to look good. The line looks a lot better. Um, the run game looks solid. Even without Chubb, it looks fine. The receivers are looking good. I'm starting to see the chemistry between Baker and Odell and Jarvis. Man, I don't know. I like the team. I like the team. I think the defense is good, too. I like the whole team. Yeah, no, this is tough because I, I do love this team. Uh, I think what the moves they made in the offseason were really good. Um, it's just such a tough division. It's such a tough division. There are three teams I really like in this division. 
there's two or three wild card spots, but I also like teams and other, like, I like the Raiders. I like the chargers at this point um, in like other divisions. So it's like, there's not a lot of spots, but I do think the Browns get into the playoffs this year. I think the way that they dominate the trenches on both sides, their defensive line and offensive line are both really strong. They have the offensive weapons. They're putting up big numbers. Um, and yeah, that one loss, but I kind of attributed to it. And, Cause I think about it in the same way with the giants, it's really like, it's hard when a new coaching staff comes in and even harder this year when there's no preseason to get kind of right. And meanwhile, the first week they go in against the Ravens who are still angry about not making the Super Bowl, They have all that con continuity. So I don't read too much into the fact that they lost by 32. It's a lot. It's a really bad loss, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go to see the Ravens again and they beat them because Dude, I think the they're, thing they're is, so that continues to get better. Listen, it's a bad loss, but it's a week one loss in a year with no preseason. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's pretty, in my eyes, it's pretty excusable. Yeah. And I, and I love Kevin Stefanski. I think he's done an amazing job yeah. with them. Like the guy is, they are fourth in scoring first in rushing, which is his calling card. Like he is a runner. Like he was the uh, Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator last year and they were a run heavy team. And he's really brought that over and it's really strong there. Uh, their red zone efficiency is what really stood out to me. They are they scored twelve uh, fifteen trips to the, to the red zone. They've scored twelve touchdowns. Wow, dude! That, I mean, yeah. it it kind of goes to show, like, 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 and I don't want to say this too prematurely, mm-hmm. but like, man, the Browns have something. You know, they built something here, and um, after literally like twenty years, and and you know, they it, they seem to have found a coach they like, and Although they got rid of Dorsey, but Dorsey made a lot of good moves. And, man, they have a group here. And, you know, didn't think you'd be saying that about the Browns five years ago. But, you know, here they are. I mean, and it also kind of speaks to how bad Freddie Kitchens was. <laughs> I mean, he was like – you, you know what never made sense that year? I just don't know why they didn't make Greg the interim head coach. Why did they make Freddie the interim? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and one, they lost it, Greg as D.C. Dude. Yeah. I was Freddie ever head coach in the first place. I don't know. Now he's the running backs coach for the or running back coach for the Giants or tight ends coach for the Giants. I mean, it's it's a long way up and it's a long way down. And yeah. you know, I looked at this team last year when I would watch them. It'd be like they get into the red zone and then there'd be like uh like fades to the back of the end zone to Odell. And it's like that's not a high percentage pass. I get Odell's great and all, but it's not like you're throwing up to Calvin Johnson where he's like, he's going up and he's mossing these guys 99 out of a hundred times. Yeah. Agreed. I'm, I'm really impressed with this team. I definitely think I'm, I'm not going to put them down for the division. I mean, maybe they can scratch and claw their way there, but I definitely think they are probably one of, if not the favorite to get like the one wild card spot. I'd probably put them in the Steelers uh, really like one, a one B for that. Cause they're so similar and they're yep. both so talented. Um, same division. And the last one is the Bears. Uh, they are four and one, uh, fresh off of a one point victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you think? Here is the thing. Oh my God. Here is the thing. Somebody, there are three, there are four teams, sorry, three teams in the NFC that will be wild card. And so it has to be somebody, and the Bears have a pretty good record. And man, it's just like you look around. And it's like, do I do I think they're a top seven team? No. Do I think 
that they that based on where they stand right now, they will have a top seven record in the NFC by the end of the season. Yeah, why not? You know, so so no, but yeah, but no, but they'll be in the playoffs anyway. I guess is my answer. You know, I'm gonna say no to both. Uh, I'm not a fan of this team. I, I know you're not saying you are a fan of this team. Um, if, I'm just looking at the standings. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I I think that the NFC West is too strong. I think everybody's gonna come. Like I I I'm not sleeping on the 49ers scratching clawing their way in i think the rams can make it i think the seahawks will make it so that's three teams from there i think the saints and bucks get in um one well, so so let's 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 really break it down let's say the packers are going to win the division yeah. let's, let's say for this conversation we'll say the bucks are going to win the division and the seahawks are going to win the division so then it's basically the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Saints, and, and Bears. Rams, so there's five teams and three spots. Yeah. And, yeah, the Bears might not – and Bears are like, – It's just like when I, when I look at their – like when I look at their wins and losses, it's just like their win – like they've played a, a very easy schedule. And I have to assume it's going to balance out at, by the end of the year. Like they've been – okay, so listen to this. They've been the Lions by four, the Giants by four, the Falcons by four, and the Bucks by one when they were severely hampered on a short week where they had to travel up to Chicago. And then they lost to the Colts by eight. And, and it's and just like, yeah, like, man, their schedule is easy though. Holy crap! Yeah, the, are you looking like like going forward? Panthers, Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars, Packers. I don't know. I see seven, maybe eight wins. Well, so they already have four. Yeah, I see. I see Panthers. They they should win. Yeah, let's give them Panthers. Let's I'll give, give them, them. I'll give them. Like I don't know, I, I don't hundred percent know if they'll sweep the Lions this year, but like I, I can give it to them. The Jets. We're gonna give them. We're gonna give them one Vikings, one of these two Vikings games, and the Lions game. Okay. And we'll give them Jags, and then maybe Texans. So like eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that gets it done. Like maybe because it has the extra extra uh, spot that it does, but yeah, I. I <laughs> They don't have a run game. Their offensive line ain't great. Nick Foles, I'm not a huge believer on. It's just really like – it really looks like and it's becoming more apparent that it was a fluke when he was with the Eagles or that he just had a really sick run. I mean, I've seen sick – like we saw Joe Flacco. We've seen Eli Manning do it twice. Like you can just get on a hot streak in the, in the right time. For sure. And, and it puts you in a completely different conversation than where you should be. And maybe Nick Foles did that, and that's where he's got – and he, he cashed out. He got the big contract, and he's, and he's sitting pretty with that. But I don't know if he's really – like, he's more of a name than the production is how I look at it. Yeah, um, no, you're not wrong. I mean, um, I take a look around the NFL at my boy Philip Rivers, and there's a couple of those guys out there right now who are yeah, more about the name than the production. Speaking of Philip Rivers, uh, do you think the Colts – and Lump that well, do you think the Colts should make a change at quarterback? Do I think they should make a change? Yeah, so they, they have Jacoby Brissett as the backup, they yeah, could go to the back I think they could trade, dude. Like, if I'm to be honest, I don't think Sam Darnold's getting traded this season. Like, I, I just, no way, I don't see that happening at all. So, like, um, the, the to me, the question is basically okay. 
should they switch to Brissett? Yeah, they probably should because Rivers is real washed. But, I mean, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, man, they should. They should, but their change is Brissett. It's not something else. That That's what I that's what I, I agree. Uh, I agree that they, the Jets, I do not believe, will trade Sam Darnold because I don't know if the value is there at the moment because of the if fact also, that he has- Also, if you don't end up – if you don't end up – with Trevor Lawrence, you really just <laughs> shot yourself in the foot there. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have to take one of Fields or Trey Lance. You can't take, like, Jamar Chase and then hope to pair him with somebody, like with Sam, if yeah. that's the case. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But I, I will say that, like, I'm not a huge – like, I'm not a huge believer in just, like, benching the quarterback. But, like, Phil Rivers is just not taking care of the ball. Like – He's doing five picks, four touchdowns. Like that just you, – you can't do that when you're Phillip Rivers in the spot he's in. He's gotten sacked four times, which is the third fewest in the NFL. And when you look at the guys that are around him with low sacks, those are all guys that can escape the pocket. So it's like he's kind of – these guys are like helping out their offense line. Phillip Rivers is a statue, and he's not getting touched. And that's because his offensive line is so good. Yep. And they have a good run game. Their defense is really good. It's just he's holding them back, and his arm looks yeah. shot. Just absolutely shot. And Brissett was really good last year. Or not really good, but he was good last year with this team. And he led them to a solid record before he got injured. And he just didn't seem to be the same after that. So I yeah, if I was Frank Reich, I would I would make the move because I, I get it, you paid for the guy, but like you really owe it to your team. This is a team that can win the that should win the division, or not should, but can win the division and make some noise in the playoffs because of the supporting cast outside of the quarterback. I agree. Um, and then looking over down south, we got the Saints, where I'm not going to say it's at the same level, but we see Drew Brees is not the same guy. Do you think they should go to Jameis? I think I think it is easier to bench Rivers, the guy who has no allegiance to Indy, than it is to man to bench Brees midseason. I don't know about that, man. I, I just don't know about that. I don't um, think they will. I don't think they yeah. will. Uh, and I, that's one of those where even if I did think it was the right decision, which I'm not sure that I do, I still wouldn't recommend it because I just don't think you can do it, honestly. So, you know, uh, no, I guess the answer is no. Uh, I'm going to say no, I don't think they should either. I, I think the big thing for me is when I look at a quarterback, whether or not they bench him, it's just the turnovers. It's just whether or not you're putting your team, your defense and your team and just uh in just bad situations and breeze only three interceptions nine touchdowns compare that to rivers where i stand with him uh i just think breeze is doing enough to keep his team in there uh, we'll see what happens with michael thomas maybe bring some life back into him um but yeah it just it looks really just not great when i'm watching like drew breeze it looks like he has not like zero zip on the ball when he's throwing it it looks everything looks low when he's throwing or it's like lofty a little um, it just, he hasn't been able to find it and it's, it's tough. It's tough to see, but yeah, I don't know if you can just turn over the reins to Jameis because I don't know how confident you are in his ability to take care of the ball and really like, and really provide wins for your team, not just stats. Like Dude, where you can, like, point to your quarterback and he's like, yeah, he threw for 300, 300 yards and three touchdowns. But like, what about the three picks, the, the fumble, uh, yeah. the three sacks he takes? It's all, it's like, um, Like, and once you bring him in, I don't know that you can bring Breeze back. So, um, 
Man, I was just I, – I wouldn't advise it. You can, Maybe you kind of like secretly hope Breeze retires after this year. But, you know, one more thing about Breeze. Maybe you go, maybe, maybe give him a chance when Michael Thomas comes back. You yeah, know, so. I, I completely agree. I like you, – you kind of look at the, like the Denver Broncos with Peyton. I, I think Breeze is better than what Peyton was in that year. But it's just like you look at that as the model, and it's like you don't need to bench this guy. But I definitely think Phil Rivers is – not even like his decision making is just not there and it's just like you're a quarterback you need to like if i'm going to keep you around if you're not gonna, if you're going to play below average or average or below average you need to be a good decision maker and it just doesn't seem like he is it seems like it's the same thing that we saw in L- with the chargers where it's like he's trying to be a gunslinger and it's like dude you're 38 your arm's not there this is a team that should be relying on the run they should be feeding the rock to jonathan taylor 20 plus times a game and running behind that offensive line and they I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Um, Agreed. I don't know. Um, shit, I forgot what I was going <laughs> to. There was one other thing. I, like, I had something on the top of my head, and this is so frustrating. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Like, um, with the who, – who are the Eagles playing? UFC, good UFC card this weekend. Eagles playing the Ravens, probably going to get smoked. Um, they had an impressive game uh, against the Steelers, though. No, nah, for sure, for sure. Other than other than Claypool torching us, but yeah, uh, yeah. I thought we looked, I thought we looked okay for sure. But like the fact that they battled back, like no, exactly. I took the Steelers. I teased down the Steelers, and uh, like the fact that it was like they were this, they were covering. Like I brought them down to two and a half. Um, and the fact that the Eagles were covering like the last, <laughs> the last few yeah. minutes by half a point, I was like really sweating that one out. <laughs> Man, I don't know. As, as terrible as the Eagles season are, I can't say I'd rather be any other team in the NFC East. So, you know, here we are. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, this is what I want to talk about. I, I feel so like, I, I don't know how you felt about it, but when I saw Dak get injured, it was just, it was gut wrenching. I honestly, I got, I feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, I didn't get a I didn't get a great look on the um I gotta be honest, I didn't get a great look on the injury. Like like I just looked up. Dude, I was thinking the same thing that Romo said. Cause I look up and he's just like holding his leg. And yeah. I didn't see anything. And Romo goes, Well, you you gotta think it's like a cramp. And I was like, Yeah, it looks like a cramp to me. Um, and then like, you know, you see the replay, you see his like foot sideways, whatever. Um, yeah, you know, I I don't know. It seems like it seems like where everyone's going is the kind of like, um, oh man, like and he should have gotten the big money and now he's hurt and like blah 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 and yada yada yada. I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean for sure, like that does suck. Um, obviously, it's good for the Eagles. Um, you know, I, I hope Dak comes back. I hope he's good. Whatever. Um, yeah. For me, it was like I thought about it, and it's just like, fuck, fuck the franchise tag, just absolutely fuck that thing. Like it's the stupidest thing I think in in fo- in football. There's no other sport where you can be like, yep, slapping this on you, no negotiations, nothing. You're with us for another year, nothing guaranteed the next year. Um, and it's really a cop out for these for these GMs or the these front offices to get away, like to to try try and ride out their players and hopefully their value depreciates. And that's just in a league where it's like one snap and then you're done for, like we see or not done for, but like it really impacts you. Like Dak, it, it's just it's brutal. Like I I I hope like every other NFC 
East like fan that the Cowboys pay him because paying him 40 plus or around $40 million a year is maybe an overpay. Yeah. And- I mean, look, like I hate to do kind of hate to do this, but like, let's look at it. Let's look at it on the other way. Um, man, Cowboys probably glad they didn't give him that fat contract and, and man, maybe should Dak should have taken the five one fifty that was on the table, or the five one twenty five that was on the table, because that's a lot of money. I'm just saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the like, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, Dak. Like, I'm, not, I'm, you know, I don't know. You, you find yourself getting caught up between like counting millionaire and billionaire money. Look, man, I don't know. Money was there. He didn't take it. He got hurt. Now he's going to pay the price. Everyone's going to rip on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to get guilted into giving him a, a less contract than what he was worth, but then more than what his value is right now after the injury. So that's going to be, like, bad for everyone, to be honest. Um, that's what I think will happen. Um, yeah, so. I just don't know where they go from here if they don't give Dak the money. Like. Draft QB. Yeah, but, like, what – like – I think they're too good to. I don't. Do they I think have first. What? Do they have their own first. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know where they're like. I. I think all three quarterbacks that you'd want to take will be taken in the top ten, and I don't know if they're going to be there. I know they're there right now, but they are like. I don't know about that, man. They're going to be like, based on what? What makes you? What makes you so confident they're going to be eight and eight? Uh, I don't know if they'll be eight and eight, but like I think six and ten, and then they're in like the ten to twelve range. Yeah. Okay. And I well, don't know if, like, those quarterbacks are getting there. And then it becomes – I mean, it, it, like, as much as I hate the America's team thing, it's like, do you really want – like, the, the Cowboys trotting out Andy Dalton as opposed to Dak. Like, Dak just feels like a franchise quarterback. Like, the way he just carries himself, the way that his teammates, like, responded to that. Like, everybody around him, like, the fact that, like, he has this admiration around the league where it was, like, Twitter, everybody's, like – looking at like everybody's reaching out in that in that avenue and then jason garrett his old coach coming off the sidelines just consoling with mike mccarthy about it i and then i saw a video of him just like coming out of the ambulance at the hospital and he's still just he has his phone in his hand just checking the game like watching the game that just he just feels like a dallas cowboy like franchise quarterback and i don't know how you can just let him walk if you're the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's guilt, but I also think that they that he's not the problem. And I don't know if – I think you don't sign him and you're getting further away from where you want to go. I really was a fan – like, I really was a staunch believer in the fact that they – oh, if they pay him, like, Giants, great for them. But I don't know. The guy's leadership, the way that he's able to command a locker room and, like – just all these things that don't get measured in a box score or that you don't see on a game, like on a single game, a single snap basis. I, I think those are things that like really like you need in a locker room. I think, I think you're, um, I think you're, I think you're like overreacting to what happened with the injury. I don't Not, know that. What do you mean? Uh, I think, uh, I just, I just don't see it. I just, I think like, yeah, I, I think Dak's good or whatever, but like Smith got that same love when he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, so that that let me listen. Let me finish. Yeah. So, so um, so 
there's that for your first point. And um, I don't know, man, you're talking about like he's some gritty leader. Dude's never won a playoff game. He's been there once. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I know he got hurt and like, I know he's been killing it early this year, but now I kind of think that you're like saying that you see stuff that I, I don't see there. And I definitely didn't see there like, five, like eight weeks ago um, prior to this season and injury. I think is like teammates like him for sure. But, you know, dude, teams like Matt Stafford and teams like Matt Ryan and teams like Jimmy G and teams like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I think what I think put, put, to like say this, I think you're basically like, throwing a bunch of buzzwords together and he's a leader and respect and this and that, but I, I just don't see it, you know? Okay. No, no, I get where you're coming from. I, I it's this whole thing where it's like, Dak, like Dak's a really like big talk. Like when it comes to NFL discussions, there's really two sides to this because there are people that believe in him. I don't think he, I do not believe he is in the class of Deshaun Watson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, like Sean Watson isn't even in that class. Okay, well, okay. Uh, I mean, uh, when he got paid forty million dollars a year, nobody bat an eye. No, dude, Dak's probably in like the third tier. Dak's with like where Carson is right now. Yeah, where like where like Josh Allen. Although Josh Allen might be better than both of them, to be honest. At um, the moment, uh, it's just it's been too little to, to. But I do agree, he's in the Carson. He's well, in, like, Carson, yeah. like when Derek Carr is playing well, Tannehill maybe, like a good Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, like Stafford or Garoppolo or whatever. Um, no, I get what I get yeah. what you're saying. He he does not. I do not think they should be paying him forty plus million dollars a year. Uh, I just, I I I I guess I just want. I feel for players and I especially feel for players going back to the fact that like when you put them on the franchise tag and there's really just like nothing they can do about, it. I yeah. guess they can sign the contract, but it's just like, what if the GM and the front office going with bad faith and they're just offering them low ball offers and just be like, yeah, I can just franchise tag you at the end of the year or at the well, end of the happened to Le'Veon. Um, yeah. Dude, I mean, I don't know. My honest prediction as he gets somewhere like a, like a three year 70 or like a four year hundred. Sorry, we should have paid you sooner and you got hurt in our contract. That's what I, I think. It's got to be more than that. I don't know. I, feel like how, it has to I don't know career. how the hell you're offering the guy whose legs in two pieces. Down. I mean, but it's not career. It's just season ending. It's not career. Threat. It's not like Alex uh, Smith. It's, it's a two year injury. And that's a fact because we've seen it with two I mean, basketball players. Reco- okay, but he's not like Alex Smith. It stopped at the ankle. Alex Smith went up towards his knee. No, no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, <laughs> forget Alex Smith was oh, like I, a three-year injury yeah. I'm telling you Gordon Hayward and Paul George were both bad when they came back from that from the injury that Dak had I'm saying it's a two-year injury even if you come back in a year it's a two-year injury uh, okay yes I get going back yes yes the second year is where you're kind of just getting back into the rhythm and flow I think it's I think it's a less severe than the Gordon Hayward Paul George but I guess I agree with the timeline where it's like the second year is where it's like you still need to get acclimated like yeah lost but you still need to get acclimated back to yeah you know they're different sports they're obviously different sports so like um yeah no yeah i don't know i don't like maybe they're maybe like maybe for basketball it's a little bit different because it's like more of like an explosive sport in some ways but i don't know i think it's i think it'll be similar where like dak won't be good next year or whatever Mm -hmm. it'll definitely be i don't necessarily think his career is over at all no No. and he's still so young but it will be interesting because like before that injury i didn't know if dak was going to be like 
honestly, I think the injury might have helped his ability to stay with the Cowboys. I didn't know if he would stay with them, even though I didn't think he was the problem to begin with. Uh, well, well, but you know, he could have had one like like this off season if he didn't get hurt. He could have had one of those like, oh, the Cowboys aren't giving you five years, one seventy five. We'll give you five years, one seventy five. You know, if like I don't know, like whatever. The Jags. Like sure. if the Jags don't suck enough to get like a guy, they'll be like, let's just find Dak. Because they have a, they have young talent. They have two first round picks this year from the Rams. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, if I was him, I would stay. I would take. I would, t- I would take. Oh yeah, I would take the the value deal that's available because um, I wouldn't take the one year bet on yourself deal because, like I said, it's a two year injury in my mm-hmm. eyes. My, you know, as you know, as a doctor, of course, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor George. Yeah, exactly. Exa- but, um, but yeah, that's just what I would do. I would take the the long term less than what I thought wanted, but it is what it is. I know. know, and it's also like you're the you're the face of the Cowboys. Like exactly. no matter how much like we hate them, it's, yeah, it's like a sad for life gig. Yeah, and you're 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 playing prime. T- you're playing like you're playing the afternoon games. Like Fox has you or CBS has you every game. Like you're the main attraction at the four twenty five mark every Sunday, or you're in a prime time game at night. Um, and you're the quarterback. And it's also like, I, I I wonder how much goes into these negotiations when you're in states with no state income tax. Because isn't that what Texas is? I know Florida is. I think Texas is too. I mean, that just has to help. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, no, definitely. I, I'm pretty sure it is. No, no state income tax. Word. Um, okay, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, George, you got anything else to say? No, that'd be that'd be all for me. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is enjoy LeBron. Uh, only got a few more years left of him. Uh, at least at this level. Um, I hate that after the finals, the first innate reaction is to compare him and Michael. I guess that's just like what it comes down to. But it just like just enjoy him. Just dude, I had to. But the funny thing is, like, dude, that in the first when we were arguing about the first thing you said at the beginning of the episode, I was about to compare him to MJ, and I had to catch myself because you were talking about, oh, he makes the right play, he makes the right play. In my head, I'm like, well, Mike passed to Steve Kerr, um, but you know, yeah, they, they, they're they're both capable of making the right play, I suppose. Yeah, and I and I just hate the the like the constant need to talk about who's the goat, who's the goat, and it's just like goat is different for everybody. For me, the goat is the guy that's when I look at the best at the most things, and that's where or the and the longevity of it. And yeah. that's what LeBron is to me. But for other people I know, it's the killer mentality or the killer instinct. Yeah, or, or MJ or... is and the six for six, and like I get yeah. that, and it's just like the only thing I can I can question you is if LeBron or Michael Jordan are not in your top two. That is yeah. it at this or, point. Well, if, if you're like, okay, if I meet a guy and he's like 70 and he's like not Kareem and Bill Russell, <laughs> I'm not, not going to fight him on it. Oh, no. okay. But yeah. hopefully they're at least on your Mount Rushmore. How about that? Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> okay, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, hope to see you next time. Thanks for coming out.